even up until this morning, uh, we had someone ask me, how much weight have you lost? And I'm up to almost 40 pounds now. There is really, other than some of the health panic things, there is a person that I pointed to often that many of you have yet to meet uh, because, because Daniel and Julie and the boys come to first service. You're going to meet Daniel this morning. He was absolutely the motivation behind the change in my health and, and becoming much, much more fit. And, uh, and it's a privilege. He's also now the, the leader of our health team. And we're in the midst of a fitness challenge. There are, I think, 18 folks uh, who are participating in that challenge. And I won't steal your thunder on that one, but there are just a lot of things. And he was the one who brought the, and I didn't, we didn't show the video earlier. I think we'll wait on that. I don't think the, the Jingle Bell uh, 5K uh, that we're going to participate on in on November or on December 14th. We were going to do these in order uh, from our mission statement. You know, we are Aldersgate of the United Methodist Church, growing in faith, love, health, and service. We went back to looking at investment and service last week and switched it because, as I shared with you, Daniel and Julie were off on their family couple um, summit. And they take a weekend out every year to look at planning for the year for their family and to make sure that their relationship is in good shape. It's a part of health for them. And so we put the health piece off until today, and I think it fits absolutely perfectly on this last Sunday of our focus on stewardship. So I want to turn it over to Daniel and say, thanks for saving my life, buddy. Green light? Literally and figuratively. Hi, everybody. Hello. Hey, I'm Daniel Flayev. So, uh, for those of you who don't know anything about me, um, I'm a partner at a little company called Big Fig Design. Uh, I founded that company, co-founded it, about 14 years ago with my lovely wife, Julie, who's in the back here. Yay! Um, it's a small design, marketing, and product development company. We do things like special effects for theme parks. We do mobile applications all the way to things like book covers, so we kind of cover the gamut. And trust me, that is actually going to be relevant a little later on. Um, I'm also a plant-powered triathlete. What does that mean? That means that I compete in uh, triathlons of different disciplines and distances, uh, all on a plant-based diet, so that's nothing with a face and nothing with a mother. Um, and so I'm excited to be here today to talk to you a little bit about my journey to health and why I think that investing in our health is probably one of the most profound things that we can do in our walk with Christ. Um, so I wanted to start out by asking you this question. It's a simple question, sorry, so bear with me. But it's literally a question, not rhetorical, so I'd like you to participate. Why should we be healthy? And it doesn't have to be a churchy answer. It can just be like purely uh, practical. Why should we be healthy? Why do you think? Yes. What? We feel better. We feel better. Absolutely. Uh, to lose weight and to, be able to, to, to maintain a good, healthy look of the body and to, be able to feel better at all times. Great reasons.
Absolutely, they're <coughs> synergistic, right? True. All excellent reasons, great reasons. And there's many more. You guys who took the survey answered questions about, like, you know, what, why do I want to be healthy, losing weight, um, less pain, uh, more mobility, lots of real practical reasons. Well, of course, it turns out that the Bible has some pretty profound things in it to say about health as well. And we'll start with this from 1 Corinthians 17 at the end. It says, for God's temple is holy, and you are that temple. So that's kind of a, actually when you think about it, that's kind of a really mind-blowing idea. So thankfully he goes on to um, uh, explain it a little bit more later in chapter 6. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. So glorify God with your body. Uh, pretty profound, I think, pretty amazing. And in my experience, so based on my experience, and you know, these ideas repeated in other religious texts, in scientific texts, I don't believe that this is metaphor, frankly. I believe that this is actually meant to be literal, that God does live within us all the time, physically. Actually, if you hold up your hand and look at it, you're looking at God. It's kind of profound, and it it leads to a whole bunch of questions, right? Uh, It's a mind-blowing idea. At the end of uh, chapter 20, I mean, uh, yeah, chapter 6, verse 20, it says, so glorify God in your body. So that kind of begs the question, how do you do that? How do you glorify God in your body? Well, of course, the Bible's filled with ways to glorify God, right? I mean, of course. But I think it's good to move to this, like the granddaddy of them all, in my opinion, from Matthew 22. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? He was asked. And he said unto him, Thou shalt have, sorry, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the great and first commandment. And a second like unto it is this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On those two commandments, the whole law hangeth and the prophets. So, when we make this connection between glorify God in your body, and how do we do that? By loving God, and loving your neighbor as yourself, once we make that connection, we can see how our investment in our own health can become like a cornerstone or a base from which we can move deeper into God's love. And it makes me think of this. Right? We've all seen this, right? On the airplane. And you get the idea. Of course. You need to take care of yourself before you can take care of others. In an emergency on an airplane, it could mean the difference between life and death. And the analogy here that I'm trying to make, of course, is that when we invest in our health, we're better able to help others, to love others, to do God's will, to move into God's grace. We need to get our house in order. But of course, life, uh, real life, is never as simple as uh, a nice illustration. So this is me. Uh, This was me. 
This was 2009. This is uh, on a, uh, just a little tide pooling trip with my son James, my youngest son James. Um, to be honest, I, didn't, I, I wasn't always like this. As a kid, yeah, I was a husky kid. You know, I was a, I was a chunk. Uh, but moving into high school, I became more athletic. I shed some of the weight, all of the weight, and um, became uh, active in football, competitive in uh, track and field, that kind of stuff. Um, wrapped my entire identity into that. But in my senior year, uh, in uh, playing football, I broke my back. It was a stress fracture. Results from uh, a congenital condition called spina bifida. I'm sure you've, many of you have heard of that. Um, and uh, I was given a choice by my doctors. Uh, they said that, yes, um, you could continue to play through the pain, accept the scholarships, go to college, uh, finish out your career. Um, but there was basically a 100% chance that you would have lumbar fusion at the end of that. Um, or you could stop, choose something else, uh, and have a chance of being able to pick up your grandkids when you get older. And I chose to pick up my grandkids. Um, at the age of 17, I made that decision, and that sent my life on a new trajectory, uh, as decisions when you're 17 tend to do. Um, moving on to college, I tried to find something to fill the space of competitive sports, lacrosse and cycling, but you know, no, there's nothing ever really made a love match. <laughs> Um, and then moving into my professional career, um, like many people who uh, were uh, uh, competitive athletes, um, got on what's called the fitness yo-yo, <laughs> right? You uh, become fit, and then you don't get fit. And, and those periods of uh, being fit or thin, <laughs> I like to say fit, because uh, you're not necessarily fit if you're thin. Um, got shorter and shorter, and further and further apart. <clears throat> so there's the yo-yo, right? Until ultimately, we can go to the next slide, move along. This is where I was at. I don't know if you can read all the numbers. I don't really want to read them all to you, but the idea is uh, I was clinically obese. I was on a lot of meds, statins, um, antidepressants, a CPAP machine. And the extent of my fitness was working up a sweat on the way to the fridge. That was it. Um, and uh, I, was, I was in a rut. Certainly didn't see a way out. Elevator is going down, and the question is, when am I going to push the button and get off? Which leads me back to the big fig. Um, so running a small firm, as some of you may know, is like actually many careers. There's periods where it gets crazy busy, and it's not. This is a crazy busy period. I'm up late watching a render uh, on my computer, a lot of processing power, you gotta sit there and babysit it, things can go wrong. Kids are upstairs asleep, wife's asleep. What am I doing? I'm open up Facebook, as you do. And um, I read this post from a person who I don't honestly remember now who it was. Very simple post, and it says, wow, it's December already, I better get back in the gym and start getting ready for the STP. Which is in July, if you don't know. Um, Actually, for those of you who don't know what the STP is, we can go to the next, which I'm, I'm sure there's probably like one of you that don't know. Um, but the STP is the uh, Seattle, in this church, of course, uh, is the Seattle to Portland Bicycle Classic, right? So about 10,000 people a year do this ride. It's huge. Uh, it takes two days, so a little over 200 miles. 
Um, and it's a pretty, uh, to me, intriguing idea. I still think it's a pretty epic thing. <laughs> it's, it's a great adventure, but sort of a safe adventure, right? <laughs> it's an adventure sort of with a safety net. And, and, and it really captured my imagination. Um, it, it kind of, I kind of got obsessed with this idea. You know, I read that post, and, and, and my first thought was, wow, you know, here's this guy, and he's going to start training in the middle of winter, and it's dark and cold, and, and it's going to take him six months to get ready, and obviously he's already done it. Um, that's crazy hard and ridiculous. <laughs> and, of course, at the same time, in the back of my mind, I'm like, hey, you know, it's not for six months. You know, maybe I could, like, start doing that, you know, which is a, also a ridiculous idea, you know, given the, the, the picture that you just saw. Um, but I got fixated. You know, it, it, it became that thing, that thing that makes my, made my heart sing, I like to say. Um, and I couldn't get it out of my mind. And so I chose to follow that gut instinct, I follow my heart, and I chose to act. So what I did was take that as my goal, right? But as everybody knows who's been to a simple seminar, <laughs> a goal without a plan is what? A dream. <laughs> it's just a dream. So I made a plan. I did my research, right? Found some workout programs, got on the blogs to figure out what the pitfalls would be. I got my old mountain bike out of the garage. It's all dusty and 5,000 gears and fat tires. Weighs about 1,000 pounds. And I walked out the door. And the original idea was to go eight miles. And it was terrible. <laughs> it was awful. It was, uh, it, I plotted out this little route, which I thought would be easy. You know, and by halfway, I'm like, oh, man, my bottom hurts. <laughs> you know, and my back. What? This is like, wow. And by the time I got back to the bottom of the hill at my cul-de-sac, I was so tired and exhausted, literally so tired and exhausted, that I had to get off my bike and push it home, which was, luckily no one was watching, but it was still humiliating. <laughs> you know, my kids ride up that hill, you know, and uh, it was tough. It was tough, but I'd done it, and two days later, wasn't quite as sore, and I walked out the door again, and I sort of kept that pattern up. It wasn't easy. Well, sometimes it got easier, but then you go farther, so it gets harder. And you have good days and bad days. You know, you have rainy days. You have freezing cold days. And you can see as the, well, you can't really read that at all, can you? But as the, <laughs> as, the, uh, as the program gets further and further along, you go make further and further rides, and you know, sometimes you're doing back-to-back 80-mile -back rides. And it's not the best time of year, and you come home, and you, even though you have neoprene booties on, your toes are frozen, and you don't feel them for two hours. But I just kept doing it, because, again, this thing idea was in my, my head. And I also knew, at this point in my life, I was in this rut, sitting in front of my computer, you know, 10, 15 hours a day, and I tried everything. And I knew, on a gut level, that no matter what I did, sitting in that chair was not going to help. And I, I really felt that at least if I'm walking out the door, I'm going to be heading into the right direction. I don't know really honestly if I'm going to be able to finish this. I don't know really if this is like the answer. I, I don't know much. <laughs> but I know that sitting in the chair is not going to fix it. 
So I acted. So after six months of this, out the door, back home, out the door, back home, on July 28th, 2010, I finished the STP. Um, and I didn't feel terrible. <laughs> um, in fact, my life hasn't been the same, honestly, hasn't been the same since that day. Um, it has changed completely. Um, I'm still, of course, a husband and a dad and a business owner, but now I'm healthy. Um, and I've taken this whole idea of finding this big goal, looking for these things that intrigue me, something that's fascinating. It doesn't have to be big even, it's just different, right? Something that motivates you, whatever that thing that makes your heart sing. Find that goal, make that plan, work that plan, repeat that idea. I've done that over and over and over again, and it's led me to places that I couldn't possibly have imagined. 100-mile bike rides in Death Valley, racing snowshoe races in the mountains, and uh, triathlons, of course. So triathlons, yeah, so triathlons um, I love. <laughs> so for those of you who don't know, obviously a triathlon is three sports in one race. Typically it starts with swimming, and then you get on your bike, and then you run. It can be any distance from a super short distance, which takes you, I don't know, a half an hour to the long, long, long stuff that you see on TV. Um, and if you have even the slightest interest, if you haven't done it already, the slightest interest, you have to try it. Because <laughs> it's crazy fun. It's like being a kid in summer, and you're like, to your buddy, what do you want to do? Let's go for a swim. So you go for a swim, and you get out, and it's like, what do we do now? I don't know, let's ride bikes. Cool. So we ride our bikes. And then you're done riding your bikes, you're like, what do you want to do now? I, I'll race you home. Okay. You know, on your mark, set, go. I mean, it's like that. It literally is like that for adults. I mean, it's really, it's, it's a total blast. Um, and there's a bunch of different versions of it, and there's one version of a triathlon called an aquathon, which is basically a triathlon sans bike, so there's no bike, so it's just a swim and a run. And I heard about one of these happening on Mercer Island. It was just like 15 minutes from my house. It's like, okay, I gotta try this. So it turns out that that race was the national championship for aquathon. And uh, the way that works is that if you place in the top 10, you get to be on the national team, right? Mm -hmm. Team USA, right? So, in your age group, just qualifying that. <laughs> uh, so, I go to this race, I, I, I hurt myself massively in a good way, and I finished ninth. <laughs> so, uh, I, I finished ninth, and so I made it to Team USA, right? So, it's like this crazy thing, <laughs> um, especially considering where I was in, in 2009. But next thing I know, I'm on a plane to New Zealand on the national team wearing the Stars and Stripes, right, to compete uh, for the United States, to represent my country. And it was an amazing, surreal experience, kind of a pinnacle of this journey so far of hell. You know, I'm running through the streets of New Zealand, and people are literally chanting, USA! You know, like you see on TV, like, you know, like you watched on Wide World of Sports when you were a kid. And, and yeah, I had to pinch myself. It was, it was truly an amazing experience and a blessing, and something that I never possibly... I got schooled, by the way. I totally got schooled. Um, but it didn't matter. It was, it was an amazing experience. But something I never could have imagined back when I was this guy, um, just, you know, 
four years earlier, on the elevator headed down. The numbers now are, look a little different. Um, I'm not going to go through them all, but they're better. Um, there's no more meds. Um, there's no more alcohol abuse. There's no more depression. Um, and I really feel like the possibilities are endless, certainly based on what's happened in the last five years. I, I can't possibly predict what's going to come next. But to wrap it up, you know, you, you may be sitting there thinking, hey, I'm not a runner, I'm not a triathlete, you know, I have no interest in this kind of stuff whatsoever. I mean, I get that totally. But the point I'm trying to make is this. I do believe that we are called to health in one way or another. I do believe that we are called to love. But the third part of this puzzle is I believe that we are also called to joy. And this is from Psalm 150, so I'm just going to read this because I think it's a key. Shout praises to the Lord. Praise God in his temple. Praise him in heaven, his mighty fortress. Praise our God. His deeds are wonderful, too marvelous to describe. Praise God with trumpets, all kinds of harps. Praise him with tambourines and dancing, with stringed instruments and woodwinds. Praise God with cymbals, with clashing cymbals. Let every living creature praise the Lord. Shout praises to the Lord. This is the God we're worshiping today. This is a God of dancing, you know, of shouting, a, a, a God of abundance. And it's an abundance that God wants to share with us individually and as a body here at Aldersgate, a body of Christ. Um, so, to wrap it up again, <laughs> you know, STP and triathlon, that changed my life. And that's just my experience. But I, I do believe that the same thing is possible for everyone here. It might be buried deep inside you or it might be right in front of you. But when you find that thing that makes your heart sing, you need to act. Trust it and act. Investing in your health pays back dividends in ways that you can't possibly imagine today. So whatever it is for you, whether it's you know, a, run, a mud run maybe or a marathon or you know, climbing a mountain or nailing a yoga pose that you can't imagine ever nailing in your life, whatever it is, it doesn't matter what it is physically. But when you find it, you trust your heart and act. And I believe that when you do, that God will bless your heart and your life in ways that you can't possibly imagine. And dream big. Thanks.